to the house of God tonight. Let's all just stand. Let's hit the ground running tonight. We're here to have church. We're here to meet with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's just worship him. Let's just sing. There is a source. The battle is the Lord's. There is a source in time of need that gives me hope, that brings me in every trial.
song has become our anthem. It's because we found it to be true. We've seen his goodness, his love, his mercy. It's never failed us. What a wonderful, what a wonderful time that we're having in the presence of God. Amen. Let's sing this. Amen. Amen. Say confessing EVA. I just want to give a little glory to, glory to God just right now. I was at EVA's house this afternoon, and he had his signing and swear, swearing ceremony to become a Canadian citizen. So, amen. We give God the praise. Through the trials, through the tests, he's been faithful. Amen. I love you, Lord, for your mercy
his goodness. Let's rejoice in his goodness. Surely he's been faithful to you. Surely he's been merciful. Surely he's been kind. Surely he's been faithful every step of the way through the trials and through the tribulations. He's been there every step of the way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So we just turn to prayer. We just have one prayer request here from uh, Brother Alan King and Brother Victor. Um, there's a gentleman living in uh, the same residence as Brother Milko, and he'd like to join us here in the congregation on Sunday. So they're just, we want to pray that he'll be given clearance, that he'll be able to join and be in the, the house of God. Also, we have another request um, from, uh, I guess it's our family doctor. Her daughter is, um, her name's Dr. Sherman. Uh, her daughter is going into labor, and there, there's some complications, so they're thinking about inducing her. So we just want to pray that uh, God will just touch her and be present for her. She's been very good to us all of our lives, so we just want to pray, pray for her at this time. Brother Luis, could you come and say a prayer for the congregation? If you have a need, let it be known with an uplifted hand. He's faithful. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, just thanking you for your goodness, Father. You've been so good to us, oh God. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you all the praise, Lord, for all that you've done in this body, Lord, in our families, Lord. We cannot thank you enough from the bottom of our hearts, Lord. Once again, as we come tonight into this house, Lord, we just ask that you be with each and every one here. Be with the minister tonight, Lord, as he brings your word. Father, we're in expectation, Lord. Just today, listening to one of the services from the special meetings of our brother Tim, Lord. What a blessing it has been. So we ask once again, Lord, that you would just come visit us in a special way, Lord. We are hungry, oh God. We are hungry for your word. We just remember these requests tonight, Lord. Don't remember them all, but Lord, you know them. You see the heart even before they were penned down, Lord. We just ask that you would meet them in divine way. Thank you, Lord. Be with us this evening now. In Jesus Christ's name. have your seats. So I have one uh, announcement. Um, this is for the Frank Fletcher's memorial will be held Monday, June the 18th at 2 p.m. here in the church. So 13th, June the 13th. That's next week, Monday. So if you would like to join, yeah, sure, it'd be very welcome to be here. Sister Fortune has a special. Sister Fortune, if you could get ready to come, we could just sing that little song, He Became Me That I Might Become Him By Grace. Just continue in this atmosphere, continue in this presence. Oh, he.
That same dove is here tonight to meet every need in this building. Let's just sing that little song. We exalt thee, we exalt thee. We're here to exalt the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love these words. I love this verse. Thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth, far above all gods. Amen? He means that much to you. I'm sure you can sing this with some passion tonight.
to be in the house of God. Amen. I'm just going to invite Brother Tim to come. We'll sing that song that I know he loves. Shout to the Lord as he comes to the pulpit. Bring the word. My
so glad that we can say, my Jesus, my Savior, there truly is none like you. Lord, as we come into your great presence afresh tonight, the saints of the living God, bringing their licks of fire together, gathering around the revealed word of the hour, divinely inspired to feed on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. Lord, as we come into your presence, we say, Lord, feed our hungry souls. Speak to us, Lord, as nobody else can speak to us. Take complete preeminence in this service, O God. Lord, you know every secret of every heart. No man knows each other, neither do we know ourselves as well as you know us, Lord. But so, Lord, we invite you now. May you just pour out your love. May you just pour out your all-powerful word. And, Lord, may you give that exactly what is needed at this moment for each and every one. Father, many times, even this week, I think it was, we hear often, Lord, even of the family altar books. Somebody opens a page. It's exactly what they need that day. Lord, only you could do that. Only you know the need of each and every one and exactly what they would need at any particular time. And so, Father, we lay our needs before you. We cast our cares upon you, knowing that you care for us. And we give ourselves into your hands for your service, asking you to anoint the speaker and the hearer in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you glad to be here tonight? Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Amen. God bless you. And let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Revelation chapter 3. As you probably have noticed, I've, I've missed a lot of services. I've been traveling uh, hither and yon. Uh, going to and fro in the earth is not a good expression. And uh, <laughs> not for a son of God, anyway. <laughs> and uh, so we, we just bring you greetings from many different places, and we'll just leave it there just to save time. But uh, certainly, wherever I go, people always send their greetings back to you here. Revelation chapter 3, and I just want to read one particular verse here, and that's verse 20. Familiar scripture to us in the midst of the message to the Laodicean age, which we are in, being called out as, as a bride from the Laodicean age that we might enter into like a bride age, as Brother Branham called it, or another Ephesian age, or however you want to say it. We've been called to go up a little higher out of this Laodicean age, and it's this message that has brought us out. And so in this message it says, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with him, come into him, and will sup with him, and he with me. Amen. The Lord add his blessing to the word. You may have your seats. I want to take a title tonight of the door of revelation and I didn't give my subject but my subject is the supreme deity of Jesus Christ and uh, you know brother Branham says in 1954 and excuse me I'm just going to jump right in and just begin right into the word and 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 brother Branham says in 1954 way back in 1954 he says if you confess with your lips it don't do you much good 
but from your heart if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You can't live the same life you once lived. You can't. If you ever get a true view of Calvary. Now, if you're just taking just a haphazard way, you know, and that certainly is the way that the world looks at Jesus, isn't it? Some thinks he's this and some thinks he's that. And, you know, everybody's got their opinion of who Jesus is. But when you have a true revelation of Jesus Christ, he says, he says, when you, he says, if you're taking it a haphazard way, he says, you're just fooling yourself. There's lots of people that go to church. There's lots of people that attend different ideas of worship and church and of who Jesus is. And I was even listening to a, a man that was a Muslim man. And, and, and he, he was saying, you know, we believe that Jesus was a prophet, but he was more than a prophet. He was way more than a prophet. He was God himself. Amen. He says, when you really get a view of what Jesus was, oh my, how I like to preach the deity, the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. If you could ever realize who he was and what he did for you men and women, your hearts would rend within you and you'd be willing to throw away the trash of the world to live for him. Oh, how marvelous and what a person he was. If you realize the condescending of God Himself, unfolding Himself, coming down till He could get into your heart. And we realize that we're living in the closing time of the redemptive purpose of God. We're not living 2,000 years ago when Jesus died. Neither do we want to walk in the light of 2,000 years ago, though the price was paid for our sins 2,000 years ago. But down through seven church ages, God has revealed His redemptive purpose towards His children. And here we have come in the last days to the full revelation of the Word to accept what God has revealed of Himself to us now and so that we can get a clear glimpse, glimpse is even an insufficient word, but a clear view of the mighty God unveiled before us. A clear view of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. In the Hebrews series, Brother Branham goes into that series very much and you know, I, I'm always amazed uh, at the wisdom of different brothers around the world. I was speaking with Brother Stephen Abali in Uganda and, and asking him, you know, what would be a good uh, book to print for the new believers? We printed the Church Age books. We printed the Seals books. He says, really, they need the book of the Hebrew series. Because in the Hebrew series, Brother Branham goes into the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. He goes into the true revelation of the Godhead to ground the church, not just uh, in, in maybe some evangelistic services, but even right at the beginning of the Hebrew series, he begin, he talks about we're going to go into some of the deeper things of God. And, and, you know, there's a reason that the church needs to go into those things. It's to ground us and stabilize us because preaching is not just uh, an evangelistic event. And we might, we might just say we, we preach evangelistically to save the lost. We preach salvation to the lost, but we, but as to the believers, we preach the grounding of the word to establish you in Jesus Christ, that you might know who you are. Amen. And there's, and all of the, and whether it's preaching to the lost or preaching to, to those that are already saved, it all has a purpose in the body of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? 
Brother Branham says in the Hebrews chapter 7 message, part 2, he says, I know I've taught on the perseverance of the saints. I've taught on the supreme deity of Jesus. I've taught on the security of the believer and foreordination, predestination, and many of those things. Which I know in my congregation is many legalists. Which is perfectly all right. Absolutely. But now to things, I'm a legalist too. And then he says, and I'm a Calvinist. If you don't know what that means, that's two ends of the spectrum. One is extreme grace and one is extreme legalism. He says, I'm legal, I'm a legalist and I'm a Calvinist. He says, he says, I just believe the Bible. That's all. Amen. It's not fitting in with this set of doctrines or not fitting in with that set of doctrines. It's tracing the truth of the gospel back to the word of God. And that's what we're interested in is the truth. We're not interested in splitting hairs of doctrine. We're not interested in, in, in uh, arguing about bygones and uh, going into histories and, and, and debating whether something was done right or wrong. We want the truth. Above all, we want the truth because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me, he says. And that life, John 1 says, was the light of all men. I think Murphy preached on that on Sunday. And, you know, this is the light that we walk in, that if you walk in the light as he's in the light, then you have fellowship one with another. Then the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from sin. When you're walking in the light as he is in the light, and the light of God does not stand still, the light of God moves on until we all come into the light and we all come into the fullness of the word that he sends us in our age. Amen. So in the latest in age, he's saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, a door is a passageway. We, we know that. We understand that from a young age. I have, we have doors in the house that the children begin to learn how to use. Our youngest child has learned how to use the pantry door. Sometimes the pantry's closed, but there's noise inside the pantry. And she's on the other side of the door. And uh, we look around and say, where's Deborah? And she's around somewhere and listen, and sure enough, the light's on in the pantry. And there's noise in the pantry, and you open the door to find out what good things she has gotten into. She's discovered that on the other side of that door, there's good things. And so we had to put an extra latch at the top of the door (laughs) so that she could not open the door. But this door, Jesus says, if any man opens, I will come in and sup with him. So this is the door that you want to be opened. But now a door represents, uh, a door is something than a passageway, something different than a passageway. A door is is can be go in and go out. But if it's closed, you're either on one side or the other. And here it's showing us that in the last age, this age, it's representing that Christ is on the outside of the church. It, it's But it can be opened. And Jesus said, whomever opens this, I will come in. And I will sup with him. But Jesus did not say, I will open the door. He says, whoever opens the door. I will come in and sup with him. 
Now, I want to pick it up the way God's prophet said it in the Laodicean church age, chapter of the church age book. He says, now, there was a great deal of confusion over this verse. There is a great deal of confusion over this verse because so many personal workers use it in personal evangelism as though Jesus were at the heart heart's door of every sinner knocking for admission. It would then be said that if the sinner opened the door, the Lord would come in. But this verse is not talking to individual sinners. He says, the whole message has a summation, as does every message in every age. In verse 22, it says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So he's not just asking to come in or, or, or telling you that he will come into your heart individually, though he will come individually. But the purpose of the message is that I'm on the outside of the church and whatever church welcomes me, I will come in. If you want deity in your midst, you must embrace and welcome the word of God. It's not a matter of just worshiping. It's not a matter of just saying the name of Jesus. It's not a matter of just uh, having some kind of religion. You know, everybody's got some sort of religion. You know, the, the world has religion. Wokeism is a religion. Social justice is a religion. You know, all of these things are religions that people enter into, some form of worship. And, and there's different kind of religions all over the world. But Jesus says, if you invite me in, I will come into your church. I will be a part. I will move amongst your people. I will be with you. I will be your God. Amen. Not everybody will accept me because I'm on the outside. But I will be your God if you will welcome me. And who is he? The Word. And I think at Cloverdale Bible Way, we want to make sure that above all, the Word of God is welcome. I'm glad to hear a hearty amen to that. The word of God must be welcome. He says, it is the spirit telling us where Jesus is. Christ has left the church. He said, it's now I'm not going to go into all the detail of it, but he goes down through the ages of the darkness creeping into the church. And in the last age, it becomes into total darkness. But he says, if if this is not the logical result or end, is this not the logical result or end if the word is put aside for creed the holy spirit deposed for popes bishops presidents counselors etc and the savior set aside for a works program or church joining or some kind of conformity to a church system what more can be done against him this is apostasy this is the falling away he says this is the open door to the antichrist When a church lays the word aside for all kinds of programs and all kinds of positions and headquarters and all that kind of stuff. He says, he says, for if one came in his father's name, Jesus, and was not received but rejected, then one will come another in his own name and they will receive him. He says, the truth is that Jesus has been steadily pushed aside. Until in the last age, he is pushed outside the church. He stands at the door, he says, in this last age. We want to always make sure that door's open. 
We don't want to ever get into a place where it's not. You know, the Bible says as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the revealing of the Son of Man. Let me just talk a little bit about doors for a moment. In Noah's day, there was a door that was important. God, was, God told Noah, build an ark. The ark was for the saving of his family. And, he, and God said, get into the ark. And when you build the ark, there's going to be a door. You've got to have a door to get into the ark. And one day, Noah was in the ark. The animals were in the ark. And the door was closed. God closed the door. All right? Now, I just, just bear with me for a moment as I want you to think about this. One day, the door was closed and would not be opened to those people ever again. The preaching was over. The pleading with sinners was over. Encouraging one another was over. The putting up with make-believers was over. One day Noah had preached his last sermon and went into the ark and the door was closed and it was done. The age was over. Judgment came to that age. He had preached everything that he had needed to preach to encourage people to get into the ark. Think about that. He had preached the open door. He had not preached a closed door. Are you with me? He had preached an open door. This message is a message of an open door. This is not a message of judgment. Noah was not preaching judgment. He was telling the people that there's coming a judgment. That it's going to rain. That this age cannot last. Just the same as it was in Noah's day. So is it in our day. There is a coming destruction. There is a falling apart of the world. But this message is not destruction. This message is escape. This message is deliverance. This message is everything you have need of to overcome this age. To him that overcometh, the scripture says, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. There's an overcoming and God sent a message of overcoming. Amen. We're not here to tell you where you're wrong. At least I'm not. I'm not here to tell you how bad you are. You know how bad you are. Come on. You know what mistakes you made this week. Oh, there's only four or five that made mistakes this week. Praise the Lord. I know how many mistakes I made this week. All right? We all know. We, we all know we come to church and we put our heads down before God and we say, Lord, forgive me. I said a wrong thing here. I got too excited there. I got maybe angry over here or, or something. Lord, my flesh is, is weak, but my spirit's willing. Lord, just have mercy on me. We all come to church like that. Amen. We all say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, wash me in the water of the word. We just desire it with everything that is within us. And one day it will be no more. One day this mortal will be changed. Our last mistake will be done. We'll be pressing on with God. But yet in the midst of all that, we don't come here to tell us how bad you are or I am. We come to tell you there's an open door. Amen. We come to tell you God sent a message. We come to tell you that God wants you to make the rapture. Amen. God wants you to enter all the way in. The door's still open. You don't need to stay outside. You can enter in. You can go in. And if you welcome Christ in there, He will sup with you there. 
He will feed you there. He will nourish you on the word of the hour there. He will strengthen you there. In your weak times, He'll be your strength. In your sad times, He'll be your joy. Amen. In your times of disturbance, He'll be your peace. He'll be your rest. He'll be everything. Everything lays in the message of the hour. Because the message of the hour is always Christ. Hallelujah. It's always good things. It's always righteousness. It's always the joy of the Lord. It's always the love of God. There's no feeling like accepting Jesus Christ. There's no feeling at all. And we don't go by feelings, but still there's a feeling to it. Amen. We rejoice in the, in the presence of God and the deliverance of God from sin and forgiveness in our lives and knowing that, that we couldn't help that. And I'll just say, we all were born in sin. We couldn't help it. Come from the Garden of Eden. Come from the fall. Every child after that was born in sin. But yet in the midst of all that, God has provided a way of escape. He never condemns every, anybody for being a sinner. He only condemns them for staying a sinner because he has made a way of escape. But you know, there never was an announcement. Tomorrow the door's closing. There never was an announcement. You have until June 12th. After that, the door's closed. No, there was no announcement. One day, it just closed. And that was May 17th, I guess we know. Noah entered into the ark. And a week after that, May 24th, the door was closed. Or I'm sorry, the, the, the flood took place. The door was closed and seven days later the flood took place. Now Noah knew he didn't close the door. It was God that closed the door. The rest of the world didn't believe that, but no one knew it was God. The family knew it was God. The world thought they could come at any time, but the door was closed. When the rains began to fall, maybe the world had this idea in their minds, you know, that Noah, you know, kind Noah would open the door. Because I believe Noah was kind. I believe Noah was a good man. And he'd open the door, but Noah couldn't open the door because Noah didn't close the door. And it's the same in this age. I don't close the door. No preacher closes the door. Only God closes the door. When the last seed comes in, the door is closed. All right? Now think about that for a moment and take the other side. Until the last seed comes in, the door is open. Amen? Because we're not preaching about the door closed. We're preaching about the door open. Then until the last seed comes in, there's an open door. And if there's an open door, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the open door. We're looking for every predestinated seed. We're looking for the elect of God all around the world. That's the reason I'm traveling more now that COVID's over. is because there's an elect and we're looking for the elect of God. We're looking for the last predestinated seed. And the door, which is Christ himself, is open. Now I know people had considered Noah fanatic, a crank, someone who was always on them. About their lives, how to live, how to worship, all these kind of things. But it wasn't a negative thing. It was a telling them of the way of life. You know, we, as much as we want to be respectful of people's free moral agency, we cannot be respectful of their sin. 
We're respectful of every individual. Everybody wants respects. You know, smokers want respects. Adulterers want respects. Perverted living people want respect. All kinds of people in this age, they're looking and demanding respect. And, and they want to be acknowledged in their own sinful ways. But we have no respect for sinful ways. We have a God that has an open door. And someone can come in and sup with the Lord Jesus Christ. And as Brother Branham said, he says, when you ever catch a true glimpse of Calvary, you can't live like the world anymore. It's just that simple. There's only, you know, everybody, you know, we're living in an age, and I don't want to harp on the age, but we're living in an age where everybody wants their sin to be accepted as righteousness. That God's a loving God and He accepts me in my sin. No, He accepts you in your person to deliver you from your sin. Amen? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so God is willing to accept any individual and deliver them from their sin. The only righteousness that there is, is the righteousness of faith in the word of God. Can you say amen to that? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can only get through the door by him. Another place he says, he actually says, I am the door. In John 10, he says, verily I send to you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, what goes into the sheepfold? Is sheep. Amen? Is that too deep for you? It's sheep that go into the sheepfold, isn't it? So when you enter in by Jesus Christ, it's a sign that you're sheep. Because he says, my sheep know my voice. A stranger they won't follow. He sends his word to you. And you recognize his word. Why do you recognize the word and the person living next to you, next door, your neighbor or somebody down the street doesn't recognize the word? Because you're sheep. And he's the door. And through the door to the sheepfold is how we get in. And we enter in and we... We find pasture. And Paul Paul says, or Jesus says rather, in Luke chapter 13. He says, strive to enter in at the straight gate. Brother Brown expresses that straight is spelled S-T-R-A-I-T. He says, which represents water. Which represents baptism. All right. I'll go into that maybe a little bit if I have time, but... He's saying, enter, strive to enter in at the straight gate. And the, and the word straight there means a narrow place between two uh, places like a straight of water. Okay. And so it says, Jesus said, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut to the door, And ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us. He will answer and say to you, 
I know not whence you are. Then shall you begin to say, We've eaten and drunk in thy presence, thou hast taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I know not whence you are. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. They shall come from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south, and shall, excuse me, shall sit down in the kingdom of God. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. Strive to enter the door. Don't hope, strive. Don't uh, take it casually, strive to enter in. Am I in Jesus Christ tonight? Have I come through the door? Is Am I tied to Him alone? Not to a church. Not to a, a fellowship. Not to a, a group of people. Am I tied to the Lord Jesus Christ? Has He revealed Himself to me? If I, if I was cold in my experience tonight, I'd want to say, Lord, don't let me be cold in my experience. Lord, don't let me be distracted. Lord, don't let me be... Uh, Michael preached on that. Brother Michael preached on that last Wednesday. You know, how you go through a walk in life. And it's like our prayer life representing. And things happen that distract us. We're always distracted. Set aside that time. The most important one that you could be in communion with is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if you open the door, He will come in. He will sup with you. He's here tonight. Wherever two or three are gathered in His name, there He is in the midst of them. And that door in Noah's day did not just represent you can't come in. That door was a representation of the line between judgment and mercy. Inside the door was mercy. Inside the door they were going to make it. Inside the door, they were going to live through the, the, the terrible tribulation that had come upon the earth. Inside, they were going to cross over to the other side. God had made a way of escape. But outside, it didn't matter how good you lived. It didn't matter how much you thought. It didn't matter how many quotes you could quote. It didn't matter how many things you, you had in your mind. What mattered was you had to get into the door. And when you got into the door, everything was secure in that door. Because it was God's provided way in that hour. And this is God's provided way in this hour. I, I, I'm sorry, but I've just been preaching to some people that are, that are not in a very good state lately. And, and I, I just, I just, it's just been on my mind. This is not about a church. This is not about Cloverdale Bible Way. This is about the rapture. This is about possessing all that God has given us. This is about walking in the light of this hour. This is about accepting the truth. That God has sent a word to prepare us for a rapture. God has sent a word to overcome all things. Are you having troubles tonight? Let me just get it right down to where we live. Are you having troubles tonight? Are you wrestling with something in your mind? And even a son or daughter of God can be wrestling things in their mind. The answer is in Jesus Christ. The answer is in the Word. You can't get away from that. God revealed Jesus Christ to give you every answer to meet the onslaught of the enemy in this day. Praise be to God. We have the answers. We have the open door. Amen. You go, you need groceries? You go through a door into the grocery store. 
You need hardware. You go through the door. You get paint or wood or, or plumbing or whatever it is in there. It's what you have need of in there. You know, you need, you need a driver's license. You got to go through a door and wait in the lineup and get your picture taken and all those kind of things. You need some kind of social program. You got to go through the door. Make your application for the social program and whatever it might be that you need help with. You know, you need a job. You're going to have to go through a door. You're going to have to go in and say, hey, I'd like to apply for a job. I'd like to get a job. You need an education. You've got to go through a door. All these kind of doors. But there's one door that has everything you have need of. So, well, you know, when he comes by my way, no, go through the door. He's the door. Just go through the door. Just pick up your Bible, get on your knees and go through the door. Amen. Just pick up a message book. Just listen to a message. Just go through the door. Hallelujah. God's provided a way. It's better than any, better than getting an education. It's better than groceries. It's better than hardware. It's better than clothing. It's better than a mall. Better than Starbucks. All those places you go through the door. This is the door you want to enter every day. Amen and amen. A door doesn't necessarily need to be made of any particular material. That's impossible. How come whenever I preach, time just moves faster? I don't understand that. You brothers seem to have all day when you preach. The Holy of Holies was behind a door. It was called a veil. And we spoke about badger skins, of which we won't go any further on that at this time. But the holy, the tabernacle that was erected in the wilderness with the Holy of Holies, the holy place, and the outer court. All right? Excuse me for this. The Holy of Holies was the place where God dwelt. All right? We'll call this the Holy of Holies over here. All right? The place where God dwelt. The holy place was a place of service. Incense. The table of showbread. The the candlestick was there. We'll call this that. And then there was an outer court. The place of sacrifice. The place of washing the sacrifice, the place of worship, the place for the congregation and, and all of that. And, and the congre- the outer court anybody could come into that was a Jew and that was a believer of, uh, and, and met the requirements and offer their sacrifice. But the holy place was only for the priesthood and they ministered unto the Lord and they offered incense and they, and they, uh, offered the showbread and they made sure the candlesticks kept burning and all of those things and so all of that. But behind the veil, there was a veil that, that held off the holiest of holies or the holy of holies. And in there was the Shekinah glory. In there was the ark. In there was the, the cherubims. And, and it was such that the high priest could only go in there once a year. It was a door. And only once a year, and that with blood, and they went to offer. And it represented really the human body, which such as a person has a soul, and they have a spirit, and they have a flesh. All right? 
And the, the soul is where God dwells. The inside of the inside. And once God dwells in there, you're sealed until the day of your redemption. But there, there's always things going on every day in the holy place. In our minds. In our spirits. And we have to keep that place clean. And we have to keep the enemy out of that place. And, we, and there's a lot we can go into describing how that types our minds. But in the outer court, it's always a sacrifice. You know, the Bible talks about the sacrifice of our lips giving praise unto God. You know, sometimes we don't feel like praising God. But that's what makes it a sacrifice. We lift up the name of Jesus Christ. We lift up our hands. We glorify His name. Not because we feel like it. Not because we come to church and the song leader is so able to create such a wonderful atmosphere with his beautiful selection of music and the beautiful uh, musicians that we have and all of those things just sweep us into a wonderful feeling so like we feel like praising God. No, it's coming to church even when we don't feel like it. It's being in the house of God and saying, Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy of all praise. You're worthy of all glory. You're worthy of all honor. It's like a door you have to go through. You gotta bring your body into there. And you gotta say, Lord, my life, this tabernacle is a tabernacle of the Holy Ghost. You dwell in here and this body was made to worship you. It's the same every day, not just when we go to church, when we get up in the morning. I guarantee, well, maybe some of you are morning people and some of you are. I'm not. Alright, when I get up in the morning, I don't feel like doing anything. Show me where the coffee machine is. That's about it. And, and you know, I don't feel like talking. I don't feel like doing nothing. I just feel like, let this body wake up. And I don't feel bad because my wife is worse than I am. I'll hear for that one later. Praise the Lord. But you know, everybody's different. Some people get out of bed in the morning. They got a spring in their step and they hit the floor running and they feel great and... God bless you. Give me some of that. But there's a time even on on Mondays. Lord, this day is for you too. Lord, let my thoughts, let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto thee. O God, my strength and my redeemer. Let it be on Tuesday. Let it be on a time when, when, when I, when I'm not even around any other believers and I can't maybe feed off their presence. Still, Lord, let me glorify you. You know, when I go in a travel to a place, I was in a place this last weekend I'd never been before. And as I'm coming down into the city, and, and it's not important the name of the city, but as I was coming down into the city, I was thinking, Lord, I've never been here before. And if it wasn't for circumstances, I wouldn't be here now. But I'm here. And if there's an open door, I want to walk through that door. I don't care where that door is. I'm here to look for your children. If there's an opportunity somewhere, if there's an open door, help me to see the open doors. Because I want to take the temple of God through the open doors. 
The ones that God opens. I was talking to a brother not long ago and we were talking about what makes a good minister and what makes a good pastor and what makes a, uh, uh, just someone that's a good minister and, and, uh, is talking about, you know, oh, you know, it's, uh, you gotta be balanced in the word and, you know, you gotta be studious and, you know, all these kind of things to study to show yourself a workman that you not, needs not to be ashamed, all those kind of things. And then the other brother said, you know, he needs to be a hard worker. Just work really hard. And I said, well, I says, I don't want to disagree with you, but I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I said, I think he needs to be willing to work hard. I said, but rather than work hard, I think he needs to be sensitive to every door that God opens. And what God expects of us, and I think this is more than just ministers. What God expects of us is that when he opens the door, we recognize it and step through it. Because he wants to use us. See, when Jesus says, if you open the door, I will come in and sup with you. He's the word. And when a door opens, he wants the word to go through that door. And the bride of Jesus Christ is the word that's made flesh in this hour. And she is the one that has, thus saith the Lord. She is the one that has the mind of Jesus Christ. And it's not just praying, oh Lord, send a missionary. Oh Lord, do something to somebody. You know, we'll pray for somebody. I remember one time years ago, excuse me for saying this here. It was at a time when a lot of people were moving to Cloverdale. And uh, and I was pastoring up in Grand Prairie. And one of the brothers said to me, Brother Tim, everybody's moving to Cloverdale. Should we move to Cloverdale? I said, we should do that. I says, then we'll pray. Lord, send somebody to Grand Prairie to minister there. Hello? You get my point? God has people where He wants them. At the time that He wants them there. And when God opens a door, we're obligated to step through the door. I actually never thought I would have moved back to Cloverdale. Never was in my mind. But God changes the circumstances all around and here I am. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to call this home. Praise the Lord. And I'm glad to call you my brothers and sisters. I hope you realize that. And and whether you like me or not, I'm your brother. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But that veil that was there in the tabernacle. In the Old Testament. Was a door. That if you stepped beyond that, it was judgment. Only the high priest could go in once a year and that with blood. And so, so that door was there. But when Jesus went to Calvary, you know what I'm, what I'm speaking about. And Jesus hung on the cross. The Bible says the veil of the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. Showing that it was God that rent the veil. Or I'll say it this way. It was God that opened the door. Now a door that was closed became open. It was not like Noah's day where a door that was open became closed. Now it was a door that was closed became open. Thus signifying that the way into the Holy of Holies was made available for every man and every woman. And to stay out from the Holy of Holies was now judgment. It was now judgment on the outside. But now this door became a way to mercy. It became a way to life. 
It became a way to the power of God. And each person must recognize that that door is open and I must enter into that door. Amen. That's what Calvary was all about. That a way was made open. The, the gap between man and God had been bridged by the blood of Jesus Christ. And now the way into the presence of God was made available. Because we could go in holding the blood of Jesus Christ by faith. Hallelujah. God opened that door. God made it available. Now it's interesting if you... Let's see, I still have a few minutes. It's interesting in the book of Revelation, the previous age, the Philadelphian age, we call it the Wesleyan age, when John Wesley was the messenger or the angel of that age. And they, and to the angel it says in Revelation 3 and 7 of the church of Philadelphia, write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that has a key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. See, there's God expressing it. When I open, nobody can shut it. And when I shut it, ain't nobody can open it. There's times that God closes the door, and there's times that God opens the door. He says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. My. And no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength and has kept my word and has not denied my name. Now, if you study this out, and we're not going to go into the study of it tonight, but we'll touch on a few points of it. If you study this out, this open door, it's actually a time that happens between the Philadelphian age and the Laodicean age. Brother Brown describes it as between the Wesleyans and the Pentecostals. And he says it's, it's, it's like an overlap between the ages. And something comes open now, and what comes open is revelation. And that revelation is the restoration of the, of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. Or the restoration of the revelation, rather, of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. This now creates an open door at this time. And if you run with this revelation, it's an open door. It didn't, and, and the Bible never says he closes it. And so really it, it, it remains open. It's open right now. Is still the revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. All right, let me let me read it here. As Brother Branham uh, says it here, he says this last church, the open door between the two churches. He says in the church in the actually in the message, uh, 1960. He says it was. He says an open door. What was it? It was the revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ, not being a second person of a Trinity. But God himself made flesh and dwelling among us. Amen. He says, he goes on, he says, he says, what is the open door? Now he says, what is the open door? So now God opens the door. He says, the revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. What did he say to his first church back here, back in this age? He points back to the Ephesus age. He says, I am he that was and which is and shall come. I am the first and the last. I am the almighty. He says, he said it three different times, made himself deity 
to this first church here before he went into this last age. And he says, I set before you an open door. He says, if you want to see the revelation, here it is, where he'd build his church, the only way he could take his church is back to the revelation of what he is. Now, this is simple, but yet it's not simple. So I just want you to just hold on for a moment as I just go through this. The open door is not the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. The open door is not the name of Jesus Christ. The open door is not Jesus Christ. The open door is the revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. Now in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says to Peter, he says, who do men say that I am? And you know the the scripture, most of you, but I'll maybe just say it for those of you that are not familiar with it. And then in Matthew 16, Jesus says to the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they say, well, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elijah, some say you're this, some say you're that. And, uh, and he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonas, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father, which is in heaven, has revealed this to you. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. Is that right? Now, it took the message in this hour to specify because the church has run with that statement throughout seven church ages. The Catholic church says, see, Peter means little stone. He changed his name from Simon to Peter. And Peter is the rock that the church was built on. Therefore, the church is built on the authority of the Pope. And that's what the Catholic Church believes. All right. Now, the Protestant Church doesn't believe that, but they also don't catch it because they say, well, it wasn't Peter, it was Jesus. Because the revelation is about Jesus, who Jesus is. So it's upon Jesus that the church is built on. And that's not it either. Jesus said, upon this rock, and a prophet of God stands in this age and says, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you that the entire church is built upon. Amen. It's God revealing himself to you. It's God making himself known to you what you cannot catch by flesh and blood. As Peter himself did not catch it by flesh and blood. It was God opening Peter's understanding and pouring revelation in. And he knew Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God. He had a revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the open door. And that I'll say... In this hour, the open door is not the revelation of the message, though the message is Christ. But it's the revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ that lays within the message of the hour. See, everything that God sends in his message in the last days, because I says, because he says, I'm opening a door. And the door is the revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. And when this door opens to you, you don't see a bunch of doctrines. 
even though there are doctrines. You don't see a bunch of truths, even though there are truths. What you see is the revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ alone. Amen. The supreme deity of Jesus Christ to you. The world can't see it. They see a trinity. They see religion. They see a church. They see doctrines. Oh, they they stumble at clouds and they stumble at bridges and they stumble at this and they stumble at that. But when God sends his message, he reveals himself. Mighty God that came down in flesh. The supreme deity of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Nothing any man can put to it. Nobody, nothing anybody can t- explain. Nothing anybody can explain to you. And nothing anything can explain away from you. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. I didn't come into this message because of a cloud. Or because of a bridge. Or because of, you know, uh, I don't know what else you want to describe of the supernatural workings. I've said it before. Even when I was coming into the message, all I wanted to hear was the word of God. I was telling the young people in devotion last week. I says, I, I experienced God as a supernatural God. I knew God was real. I experienced the supernatural long before I came to this message. I wasn't born again, but I experienced God. It told me God was real, even though I knew I didn't have the life. But I looked at the Bible and I said, that God is real. Because he's come by my way several times. Delivered me out of sickness because I asked him to. Saved my life when I would have killed myself. All kinds of things happened to me. And that's just showing that he's God. But one day, one day, the revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ opened a door for me. And I stepped through the door. And there's no way I'm going back through that door. It was nothing else but the revelation to me personally. Hallelujah. Because what is the new birth? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Amen. Brother Brown says in the message 10 virgins, which was the day after um, that he preached, I think, um, the day after he preached the latest in Egypt, I don't want to mix you up there, but anyway, it's December the 11th, 1960, in the morning. He says, the whole church is built on that revelation. Jesus said so. Upon this rock I'll build my church. Spiritual, revealed truth of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. On this rock I'll build my church. And then he makes a statement that astounded me. He says... He's, I'll maybe get, read the whole thing just for the context, so you excuse me. He says, now if God only respects our rituals, you're right. That's Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, so forth. If he only expects you to do that, preach the second coming and all these other things, that it's absolutely scriptural, just like Baptist, Presbyterian, so forth does. He says, then God's obligated to take both of them, because that's all he required. But you see, without the revelation there's the sleeping virgin. Now we say without the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost is the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. 
That's the new birth. He says, here's, he says, that's the sleeping virgin, and here's the wise virgin. He says, now we find out, he said, now I'm going to go back to the Philadelphian age. He says, we find out, he says, I set before you an open door. I don't care how many man-made organizations comes up or denominations. Even the gates of hell can't shut it. There's only one way to beat it. Join it. That's all. You can't join it. You, so you have to be born into it. So there's nobody could ever stop that message of supreme deity and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. The gates of hell will never prevail against it. Hallelujah. You might have problems. I don't think you do. But people might have problems with Cloverdale Bible Way. But you know what? Cloverdale Bible Way isn't the open door. People might have problems with Tim Dodd. Thank you. But Tim Dodd isn't the open door. I'm not the open door. Whether you like me or not as a preacher, that's not the open door. You know, you, you might have had experiences around the message. Negative experiences. But the message as we call it, and a group of people gathered under the banner of what we call an end time message is not the open door. We've all been scarred in life. We've all disagreed as I talked about badger skins. Brother Bram says we all have a prickly nature as long as we have this flesh. You know why he said prickly nature? He says because you'll rub against someone else in the church and it'll be prickly. That's why he called it that way. You know, I, I better preach it in this direction now. There are people in this church who just don't like one another's nature. Now I can turn around again. All right. Now why do you say that? It's because we're different. But as I said last time I preached, you've got to see God behind the badger skin. You gotta look for the deity in the midst. You gotta look for the one and the works that God's doing through the individual. Because the open door isn't the individual. The open door isn't the message as we call it. Lord, keep us from any denominational mindset. The open door is the personal revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the light of all men. Amen. He alone has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Peter alone opened the keys to the kingdom and said, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Even to the Gentiles who received the Holy Ghost before they were baptized. He still said, You need to be baptized. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you've got to be identified with the one that has revealed himself to you personally. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I, I like what Brother Tim Pruitt said. I'm going to bring this to a close here shortly. But I like what Tim Pruitt said about the cloud picture. He said that day, the message standing in the gap, 1963. That Brother Branham brings the Life magazine to the church. And shows the picture of the cloud to the church. That was the day that God raised Edmund Way. I think it's Edmund was his name, right? Edmund Way from the dead in the same service right at the end. In the beginning, he showed the cloud picture and said this was the cloud. 
that a constellation of angels I was caught up in. And at the end of it, he said, God used him to raise the dead. Now, obviously, God had no problem with Brother Branham saying that. Amen. God had no problem with that. And I agree 100% with Brother Tim Pruitt that says, if somebody's got a problem with it, you go out and raise the dead and then come and talk to me. That's just just the way that I, I agree with that 100%. But in the message, the rising of the sun, which our pastor was in that service. And, and Brother Branham takes the same picture and he says, now turn the picture this way. And he turns it. He says, if you'll turn the picture like this and look, he says, you can probably see it from the audience. It's Christ. See his eyes looking here just as perfect as it could be wearing the white wig of supreme deity. What is it representing? The opening of the word fully revealing the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. Those seven angels in a constellation appearing in a cloud had a purpose to fully reveal the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. He says, wearing the white rig of supreme deity and the judge of all heavens and earth. Can you see his eyes, nose, his mouth? Just turn the picture from this, the way they had it, this way, the way it's supposed to be. Can you see it? He is supreme judge. There's no other one but him. And that is a perfect identification, again, a vindication that this message is the truth. It is true. And making him not a third person, but the only person. The only person. Supreme deity. When Moses went behind the veil, how many did he talk to? One. He talked to Almighty God, Jehovah. People want to call me Yahweh, that's fine. But it's Jesus before he was in flesh. And Brother Branham says in the latest scene, church age, and he reads the first scripture of that age, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. All right. I'll just. As we're bringing this to a close, I want you to see this. As he's bringing now, and this is, I think, sometimes where we miss it because we, I won't want to say miss it. I don't think you miss it. Let me just stop here for a moment and say, every revelation that you need, God's going to give it to you. Is that all right? There's none of this. If you don't believe this, you're not going to make it. Forget about that. You're going to make it because God already knows you're going to make it. And He's going to give you every revelation you have need of. And that's why we're preaching. Amen? So excuse me for just saying it that way, but I think we need to just focus that a little bit. He says, Jesus is giving us this description of Himself in relation to the last age. The days of grace are winding up. He has looked from the first century right down through to the 20th and told us all things concerning these ages. Before he reveals the characteristics of the last age to us, he gives us one final look at his own gracious and supreme deity. This is the capstone revelation of himself. 
Now catch what Brother Bram said. Included in this message, we're not just talking about the scriptures in the Bible. We're talking about all that has come out of Malachi 4. All that has come out of Revelation 10. All that has come out. This is the message to the Laodicean age now. Describing this unto the angel. That was Brother Branham. Saith the Amen. The faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. And Brother Branham describes it here. He's, he's giving us now one final look at his own gracious and supreme deity. It's a capstone revelation. If it's a capstone revelation, then it's grace. Grace. Then it's an open door. Still. And as long as there's a seed out there, it's still an open door. And he's revealing that that to every individual. The door's still open. You don't need to languish on the outside of the door. Step through the door. Or as he said, it's to the age, open the door and I'll come in and sup with you. The word is here. The revelation is here. The Holy Ghost is still here. Everything that you have need of is here laying right within the revealed word of the hour. You don't have to languish around. Just step in with him. He's just revealing that his supreme deity is still graciousness. Yes, he stands in the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. He stands there, gird about the paps. He's, he's, he's showing that he's, he's moving from priesthood to judge. But he's not yet judge yet. He's not yet cut off the door. He, he opens a door. No man shuts it. He's the only one that shuts it. He lays the door open there and he makes it real to every individual. And I'll just say personally, I see him that way in this hour more than I've ever seen him before. And I see him that way everywhere I go. I don't look at people outside this church anymore and say, ah, just serpent seed. They may very well be. But I look at it now and I say, Lord, is there an open door out there? Or is there a door I need to walk through? Is there somebody that you're calling to eternal life? You called me one day. You brought the word by my way. When I was just a nobody in the middle of the Okanagan and, and just, just uh, stuck there and didn't know anything about anything, just Pentecostalism. And God brought his word by my way. It was an open door. He revealed himself to me, this God that I experienced at a young age, this God that I knew was God, but didn't know how to serve him, didn't know how to receive his power, didn't know how to overcome the world. But one day he came by my way and revealed himself to me. He opened the door and I stepped through the door. Or I could say he opened the door and I opened the door. And we met face to face. And I received him. And I've never been the same since. Brother Branham says it in such a lovely way. It's breathtaking to see him standing there in his supreme deity. Lord, let me preach your supreme deity. Let me preach your loveliness. Let me preach your righteousness. Let me preach your grace. Let me preach your goodness. Oh, Lord. He says it's breathtaking to see him standing there in his supreme deity. He is the judge, the priest. The king, the eagle, the lamb, the lion, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the father, son, and Holy Ghost. He which was, which is, and which is to come. The almighty, the all in all. There he is. 
the author and the finisher. And then he says, worthy is that lamb. He proved his worth as he bought our salvation by himself. Now he stands in all his power and all his glory with all things committed unto him. As he displays himself there as the judge. He's standing there in his supreme deity. But Lord, I still recognize you haven't closed the door yet. He hasn't closed the door. The musicians can come. I want to share a couple of testimonies as I close here. See, when you see him as he is, it opens the door. No matter how you want to describe it, the door to the sheepfold, you call it a door of opportunity, the unlocked revelation, the door to let him in. Don't get distracted by a church. Look away to Jesus. Don't get bogged down in churchianity. I know Cloverdale doesn't want that. We don't want that. Nobody here wants that. We're all of the same mind. I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying, let's not get bogged down. Let's walk with Him. He came to you individually as Jesus Christ. And you have the authority to go in and sup with Him. You have the authority to feed on Him, the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. Don't ever let anything come between you and Him. And this message opens that door. I shared with you last time I spoke about the Easter revival in Uganda. How that the Pentecostals raised up a stage to, to be a persecution to the church and, uh, and all of that. And, and how that, uh, you know, they, um, the, the Muslim mayor took the side of the believers and, and they then built a stage and for them and sound system and then they preached and, and out of there, hundreds and hundreds of people came to that gathering, almost 2,000 people. And then the next Sunday morning at the church in the area that they were trying to shut down, the Pentecostals were trying to shut down, went from 100 to 500 people on Easter morning. And 50 of those people got baptized. And I shared that last time. And that was the end of the testimony. Then about a week later, a week and a half later, this part I haven't shared because I haven't spoken since, Brother Fred contacted me and he said i want to share a testimony with you he sent me some video of baptism he says one of the main pentecostal bishops that was with that group that was having that campaign with an objective to shut down the message in that area he says he came back into the area to see what happened and to see what the effect of it was and while he was in the area, he heard that Brother Fred was having regular uh, ministers meetings for new ministers in the message, and it happened to be on that day. And so he sent a message, found somebody, what had a contact, and sent a message, uh, and it got through to Brother Fred, is it okay if I attend the ministers meeting? And so Brother Fred said, sure, let him come, as long as he's respectful. And he came to the minister's meeting and he sat in the minister's meeting as Brother Fred and the other brothers were ministering the word to the new ministers in the message. And he was there. Brother Fred said, now the bishops in our country, they just dress in the finest clothing. 
He says, and he was there in all of his regalia that, that represented him as a Pentecostal bishop, and he just looked ever so fine. And then he said, now if you've heard the podcast on this, you already know the end of the story, but let me tell you the end of the story. After the meetings were over, the, the bishop there, he, he put up his hand, and he said, do you mind if I say something? And Brother Fred says, all right, stand up, have, have your say. He says, after what I've heard today, he says, I recognize that this message is nothing but the truth. And he says, I cannot go home today until I am baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And he was one of 17 ministers that were baptized on that day. And one of them was a 70-year-old. 70-year-old, Brother Tom. Uh, Pentecostal, old Pentecostal preacher. And he'd come out of the waters. And he was just a running down the street, just giving glory to God. And I, I was looking at the video of it. I thought, man, if that could do it to somebody that age, I got room to grow. <laughs> Praise the Lord, you know. He was just glorifying God. They were thrilled. Why? Because the Word had become open to them. The revelation of the supreme deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's the key to the open door over there in Uganda. That's what they're preaching. The supreme deity of Jesus Christ. That door hasn't closed. And so they're going everywhere telling everybody, the Pentecostals, Baptists, Presbyterians, Seventh-day Adventists, doesn't matter who they are. They're telling them, listen, if you got that Trinity baptism, you're baptized into the Catholic Church. And they're all real Protestants over there. They don't like the Catholic Church. And so they go, why do you say that? And they show them the truth in the Bible of the Word of God. And God comes down and opens their eyes. To the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. It's not three gods. It's one God. Because God is moving through an open door. And sometimes saints. I'll just say this now to you as believers. I think sometimes we underestimate God. There's thousands. I asked, them, I asked the brothers. Are you, is this okay? I asked the brothers. I said how many people were baptized in the last six months? They just opened up after COVID. They've just opened up. I said how many do you think have been baptized? Total about 3,000 people in the last six months. About 200 ministers. And then of the ministers that were baptized, they don't know how many more were baptized. As they went home to their congregation with the word of the hour. And this continues to spread. What is it? It's just an open door. God will open and no man can shut it. And when God shuts it, no man can open it. Do you realize how late this hour is? We're going to sing that again. My Jesus, my Savior. Do you realize how late an hour this is? We're closer than you think. We did some research. Sister Megan, is she here somewhere? There she is back there. She did some research. Brother Tom knows about it. On the message hub. Looked at the analytics of the message hub for the 50th anniversary. How many nations of the world have accessed the message hub? 
There's 195 nations recognized by the United Nations, and there's about 34, what would you call them, dependencies or subsidiaries or something that are not actually nations, but they're, they're connected to other nations, territories, whatever you might call it. Out of all of those places, there's actually only a handful that have not accessed the message hub. Less than 10. Amongst those is the Vatican and North Korea. If you don't know anything about those nations, I don't think the Vatican wants the message. And North Korea, there's no internet access. And many of these other countries are just tiny little countries with very little internet access. Jesus said in Matthew 24, I have it here, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Now just because this little handful of nations hasn't access to message up doesn't mean the message hasn't gone there. It just means they haven't been. But we know that almost every nation in the world has been on the message hub. Someone from every nation. This message, this gospel, the preaching of it has gone out to the entire world. That scripture is being fulfilled right before your eyes. How, how little did Brother Biscoll know when he got that inspiration that that would be a tool for the nations of the world to gain access to the end time gospel. I know he had a burden for that. But now we can actually see it by the statistics that are done by places like Google and that sort of thing. I know they call it analytics. I don't like that name because nobody knows what it means. But all the statistical information, it's already there, folks. We're already here. The revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ has gone to this entire world. I'm quite sure the Vatican knows about us. Okay? And I'm reasonably sure, I think Brother Murphy and I talked about this, that North Korea has received the message also. We're here, folks. It's the last days. But the door's still open. I say, Lord, if you want me to step through an open door, if there's something I can do to further this gospel, if there's something you want in my life, Lord, I'm willing to walk through that door even tonight. Let's stand together. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is
the message tonight helps you to understand the open door. The open door to us personally, the open door as a church, the open door as an angel. It helps you understand my burden. That is to find those open doors. Just recently we sent funds to Bolivia because there's a brother there that's an evangelist brother that translated some messages into a language that there's a million speakers in that language. It's called the Amara language. Bolivia is one of the poorest countries in the world. He said, Brother Tim, can I load it up to the message hub? I said, absolutely. He says, then you can print it. And so he printed some. He says, I can't afford a stapler. I sent him some money for a stapler. He says, I'm out of funds and I, I want to print some books. We sent him some money to print some books. We just got some pictures back. You'll see it in the Believer's Faith Challenge Report. That's just finished now and it'll be going to the printers just right now. And It's an open door. Somebody, somewhere needed the message. Because you gave. Because you prayed. Because you were burdened. Somebody in Bolivia got the message. Through the message hub. I say praise be to God. It's the same in Uganda. I know... I'll just say it this way. I know there's critics that like to say, well, how can tens of thousands, 30,000, 50,000 get saved? Michael was there, saw some of the fruits of it. We were there in November. It was November, right? And, uh, you know, I'm not concerned about the critics. All I say is if God opened a door, I'm going to move through that door. If God allows us to take the message somewhere, I don't care if the Baptist church down the street here says, won't you come and preach in our church? I'll go there and preach. Hello? I hope that doesn't offend you. This message is what the world needs. This is the answer to the world's problems. To everybody's problems. The world is full of mental health problems and health problems and all kinds of societal problems and family problems. We have the answer. People will step through the door. They can have the answer. Not the door of a church. The door of the revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. Will you go with me there? Will you pray for that? Will you say, Lord, use me? Let's bow our heads together. We want to remember also while your heads are bowed, a family in Ohio that just passed away. I just have the prayer request here. Brother Ray Erickson's church, there was a house explosion, I guess, and a young couple passed away. Charlie and Rachel Collins, I think their name is. Let's remember the family. They need the Lord Jesus Christ at this time. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, You who do all things well. And there is nothing, Lord, but what happens, but what you have allowed it, oh God. Many times, Lord, we don't understand the trials that we go through, the events that happen, or the things that take place, but you know them, Lord. You understand them and you see the purpose behind them. And you have ordained that all things work together for good. To them who love you, who are the called according to your purpose. And Lord, we want to remember the Collins family, O God. 
that you'll be a comfort to them at this time of unexpected loss, Lord. Father, we pray that you will just give them a great comfort and a great answer in this time, O Lord. Give Brother Erickson great words of wisdom and comfort, Lord, as he ministers to that family, Lord. I pray, O God, that you'll just move amongst them, Lord. And Father, you'll reveal yourself to them in great peace and in a great rest at this time of need. And Lord, you see everybody that's gathered together tonight under the sound of your word as we spoke about the open door, Lord. Father, you know them. You know our hearts. You know our desires to walk with you, to be with you, to commune with you, to know you more and more every day, Lord. You know the needs of your children that are here. If there be somebody tonight that's sick, may you go through the door, Lord, as a healer and deliver them of all their sickness. If there be somebody in need, may you walk through the door as a provider tonight. Lord, if there's somebody, Lord, that's wrestling in their mind, maybe they're they're upset in their minds and nervous and whatever it is, Lord, may you, the great God of all comfort, just pour in virtue into every life. Lord, we need you more in this hour than ever before. Move through our congregation. And Lord, use this church more than ever before. Use our lives more than ever before. Help us, Lord, to not look just inwardly, but Lord, let us look outwardly. Oh God, let us look somewhere, not to force a door open, but Lord, if you would open a door, may we have the grace and may we have the sensitivity to walk through every door that you were open. We thank you, Lord, for everybody that labors in the congregation, everybody that supports your work. Lord, they're a part of what you're doing. There's some that labor on the message hub. And Lord, if somebody in Bolivia gets a book because of the message hub, then they're a part of that. Others give to it, oh God. Others translate, Lord. Others do other things, oh God. Others supply to the local body that it might be a solid church here, Lord. Walking on in the glorious revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. We love your word. And we just pray, oh Lord, you just reveal yourself more and more to us. And as long as the door is open, may we walk in the way that you would want us to walk in. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you.
you. I'm not going to keep you singing. You can stay and sing if you want. You can go whatever the Lord leads you. He's so wonderful and so lovely. Don't leave here if you're not in communion with Him. I just say if you're if you're not where you ought to be, just rededicate your heart to the Lord tonight. Just say, Lord, I'm yours. I just want to be what you want me to be. If you want prayer, we're here to pray with you. Whatever would be your desire. God bless you. The service is dismissed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.